Hey, what's up, guys? So today's episode of Stories is actually one of the first episodes I recorded with somebody that I never personally toured with. Me and Dave did a lot of festivals together in Europe in the summer of 2012 with Lagwagon and Gaslight Anthem, and even in the summer of 2010 before that. So we had known each other. But yeah, I found out a lot of things I didn't know in this conversation. It was a lot of fun, lots of cool stories from Warp Tour and European festivals, and just good times overall. Dave's a great guy, and he's a great conversationalist, so this will be a fun one. Enjoy. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Just locked down like everyone else. Yeah, I mean, shit. It's you're well. You're in. You're in. Are you in LA County or are you in Orange? No, I'm. I'm up north. I'm up by San Jose, Monterey, like northern Northern Bay Area. Okay, and you guys are like completely like locked down up there. Yeah, I mean, pretty just kind of like it was before, where you could go to the store, but you know, pretty much just try to stay at home and. My wife works because she's in the healthcare biz, so she goes to work every day, and she has like since day one. Holy shit! What is she? Is she a, what does she do? Is she a, a nurse or? Uh, well, she's a she's a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So. Oh wow, she, dude! She basically and there's a lot of business as of lately. More than <laughs> yeah. there, more than there was already, and there was a lot. Yeah, dude. Holy shit, man. That's crazy. But you guys are all been, you guys have all been safe and like staying good. Yeah. I mean, she gets tested on a regular and, um, you know, we, we obviously we canceled Christmas for our family and all that, you know? Yep. She's trying to do the right thing. You know, you don't want to be the problem if you can help it. Yeah. It's one of those things we're kind of, I think everybody's kind of just doing what they got to do, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, fuck our industry's pretty beat up and it's going to be the last one that comes back probably. So yep. it's tough for, you know, everyone. I mean, especially you got crew and you know, anyone in the biz is, is hit hard. Yeah, man. We're, uh, but that's the thing. That's, that's the thing about the people in our business is, you know, we get, we get hit pretty hard with stuff like this, but you know, we always rise to the occasion. I feel like, you know, it's a resilient bunch of folks, so you know. Yeah, that's 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 been our like mo. I mean, you got to roll with all the punches on the road, and you know, I mean, you don't know exactly what's coming day to day, so you kind of got to take it as it comes and deal with it, right? So, but not getting any money, not getting work, and you know, that's yeah, it's just a you know, just generally fucked up time for sure right now. So, but. We'll get through. We'll get through it. Yeah, man. I mean, but you've been doing something. You've been going to barber school, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I figured I was sitting around long enough. I, and and it, the prognosis for our thing coming back or me really doing anything didn't look great. So I figured, well, I mean, I kind of wanted to. I kind of wanted to do this years ago. And I just couldn't get the time because, you know, tours, I can't. Of I don't want to miss touring to set aside a, an amount of time to, to do the barber the barber program mm -hmm. but now the time was there so i was like i found a good program uh, in san jose and and talked to the guy and i'm like you know if things start to jump off next year i'm gonna have to cut this and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have to go back and tour mm -hmm. and do what i need to do to make the money you know but i don't want to lose the tuition that i'm putting towards it yeah and he's like man you know they're playing shit by ear too. Cause they shut down for six months. 
So they're like, you know what, man, I'll work with you. Whatever you need to do, you know, if you, but just, let's just keep it rolling. So I'm like, cool. And uh, it's been fun. It's been great people and it's been super fun learning, you know, just getting those fades and those tapers <laughs> on. And uh, you know, I'm actually, the school got sidelined until next year because of the, the, the newer, um, restrictions so oh, shit. i'm not even sure if we're going back january 4th or maybe closer to february so oh, that's man. <laughs> that's kind of shitty but i mean it is what it is so yeah you're just kind of you're just kind of like doing whatever you can i mean and that, i think that's the same for like most people and you know but i feel like most people in our world like a lot of people don't really want to talk about the struggles of it you know yeah and I feel yeah. like that's true on all different levels is like, they don't, they don't want to admit that like this year's been tough and it's like, dude, come on, man. Like <laughs> this year's affected all of us. Let's just, let's I just mean, fucking band together. You know, dude, this year is not like any year I've ever known in my 50 years in existence. And I, and people older than me are, are like, I mean, this is not normal. So, you mm -hmm. know, we're definitely all in something very special <laughs> right now. Yeah, so, and I agree, man. You know? It's like, and I'm 38, and you said you're 50, and you know, my dad just turned 64, and I asked him the other day. I was like, "Yo, like, have you ever had a like a like in the past four years? Have you ever had a time this crazy in your life?" And he was like, "No." This is, yeah. this is unprecedented, like the last four years and just everything happening now. And I'm like, wow, for my dad, who's like, you know, you yeah. know, stubborn East coaster, you know, like many people right. for him to be like, oh yeah, no, this is insane. Like it, it, that, that made me feel better where I was like, oh shit. All right. We're all kind of in this together. You know, this is, this is like a shitty, perfect storm. Because it's not just a fucking pandemic. There's the political situation. There's everything that's 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 basically coming to a head, and the, we just happen to be in a pandemic as well, you know. So well, yeah, we happen to be a pandemic with like the worst person to be in charge yeah. during a pandemic. Uh, and I mean, we won't again. We're gonna steer right into the fun stuff right after this, but like, yeah, we yeah. won't we're get into this. There. But like, my favorite thing about this—I mean, not that there's a favorite thing about a pandemic, but my favorite thing that fuckface who used to be in charge says is when he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, you know, Biden was a nightmare with H1N1 and the swine flu and all this stuff," and I'm like. Well, actually, you know, it's funny. I remember hearing about that shit for like a week and then it was over. <laughs> I right? don't even, I don't even, not enough for me to have fucking noticed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, as I mean, ignorance is bliss in some cases, but in that case, it was like, I definitely distinctly remember like hearing about it and being like, oh, that sounds weird. Like, uh, I, I don't like this. Like, oh, there's a new strain of like some sort of, you know, virus that could get us. And then it was like, it was over. It was like, just done. Yeah. So someone handled their fucking job. Someone handled their shit because it came and went and we didn't fucking know what happened. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if the fact that me and you still were able to be on tour 
when whatever the fuck was happening, somebody did their jobs right, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's, and that's as political as we can get because it's like, okay, somebody did their jobs there. Somebody didn't do their jobs here. Like that's, that's all it comes down to, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. But, uh, we're going to, we're going to steer it away because so I obviously didn't do my research cause I'm not really a professional at all yet with this stuff, but cool. you, you started me first in the gimme gimme's. Is that correct? I didn't start it. I was asked to join, but I, I'm an original member from, from, from the day, day one. So right. Fatty, okay. I saw Mike on the way to a show and he asked me, he's told me about it and said, you know, we want to be in this band. We got and Caper was in it, and Chris Shiflett and this guy Spike that worked in the shipping department at Fat. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I mean, I had just, I had just quit, I think RKL. So I was sort of, I hadn't gotten, I was about to get in. All right. I don't think I was in Lagwagon yet. So I was sort of in this weird limbo and we were, you know, I was living in San Francisco and we were just kind of going to clubs and I just happened to, actually run into fatty on the way to one of his shows at a small club there mm-hmm. in 1995 oh man and so uh and that's how it started dude that's fucking insane and obviously like it's taken so many forms over the years and had so many different members like holy shit you guys have like a cool history man but i mean it's it's always been the same members that recorded the albums i mean Generally, for a long time, it was really the same members until Chris got into the Foo Fighters, and then he just couldn't guarantee going on the road because mm-hmm. the Foo Fighters obviously he had to be available. Yeah, and so, but is and we've had we've had people like Brian Baker, Warren from the Vandals, right? Uh, Chris Cheney, uh, and then Chris's brother has been in the band like for eighteen years. Mm-hmm. Scott, who's an absolute shredder, uh, and he's plays bass for face to face. Yeah. So he's it's I mean he he plays or he, he plays just like Chris or Chris plays like him. So that was just a perfect fit. And generally, Fatty kind of went his way to go do his musical. So then we had you know like Jay Watt, Jay Bentley, and mm-hmm. Mel, Eric Melvin and couple different things there but generally the band had been you know a pretty solid core of the band for a long period of time and then some revolving some revolving stuff here and there yeah like i definitely remember that because i think when me and you met it was it was definitely the summer of 2010 was when you and i met and I'm trying to think of like the summer of 2012 because that was right before like fucking Badger worked for you guys. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm trying to remember like were both of those like lag wagon tours in Europe or was was one of them me first? Like were you kind of like I just can't remember that. Like that's I've been thinking about that all day. <laughs> they were probably. I mean, I'm guessing they were. If Kenny was there, they were they were lag wagon tours. I don't think he did anything with Gimme's. No, Kenny, Kenny wouldn't have been there because I, I'm saying like when we met, like it was like European festivals and it was oh. one of those things to where me and you spoke and you oh. were like, hey, can can you do this lag wagon tour in the fall? And I was like, well, actually, no, I'm like busy with Gaslight Anthem at this point. But my roommate 
is available. And that's how Kenny got hired. But I'm just trying to think, like, if, like, oh. what, what band you might have been with at the, at the time. Look, like, I can't even I can't even keep track. I mean, the Gimme's and Lagwagon tour simultaneously. I mean, sometimes yeah. we're doing doubles. Sometimes we're I'm touring with both of them in the same fucking year. I mean, yeah, dude, it's fucking a crazy. Lot of, there's a lot of gray area, uh, especially because I like to I like to have fun. So there's a little more gray area on those tours, exactly. which, which band I was with and what was happening. But well, you, you were out. So you were out with Gaslight. Yeah, I was out in Gaslight. Uh, and we met. So Billy, I, I still, I still don't know Billy's last name, but Billy, you're, you're, you're tech. Um, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is his last name? Oh God. I can't fuck. Uh, I can't remember. I but. know, but it's Billy. Like he's the shit. Like Billy's been doing this for fucking ever. Like he's oh, been forever. He, he was ever with no use for a name and, and a million yeah, other dude. People. Like, yeah, man, he's, he's been at it for a minute, but I remember, I think we did, it was Rocco del Schlocko in Germany and it was 2010 and it was one of my first tours with Gaslight, so I still didn't really know them that well, but, like, it was one of those things to, you know, where if I would run into somebody at catering, like, they'd be, like, the Gaslight guys would be like, oh, shit, like, this guy kind of knows people, like, <laughs> you know? Dude, I met you when I was playing with Hot Water Music. Wait, that's right! In 2010, because I played yes. with Hot Water. Dude. And Brian came up and did, uh, and did, uh, Trust, uh, trusty, yes. Uh, trusty. He did trusty chords at her. Yeah, was, it, yeah. was it Hurricane or Southside Festival? Fuck. Uh, one of those. It was one of those two festivals, dude. We did one and we did both. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Twenty ten. Yeah, and dude, we like all like hung out on the ferry on the way back to England too. Like, like, dude, I think Chuck bought us all beers at like six in the morning on the ferry. <laughs> Like I, I remember like running into him and like, obviously like hot water music is like for, for dudes my age that are like 38 years old, hot water music and like lag wagon and bands like that. Like, I'll say it, man. Like you guys are like the gold standard, like, and it'll always be that way to like, you know, it's just bands that kind of came around at a certain time in a young man's life to where you know, it means something more than most other bands. But right. with that said, we won't we don't have to go too much into that. But like, you know, but like, yeah, running into Chuck on the ferry and uh, being like, oh, man, you, oh, you want to have coffee? And he's like, well, shit, brother, I was about to have a beer. And you're just like, uh, oh, we're having Chuck's, a beer then. <laughs> Chuck's the I mean, that was uh, seriously. I mean, one of my favorite bands, super stoked that I was asked to even sit in for George while he was in against me. Mm -hmm. and, and I got a chance to play with them, play those songs, hang out with Chuck and Wallard and black and, and, uh, <clears throat> and Addison and fucking what a good time. I mean, that was, that was one of the funnest years to, to have had to have gotten to do that. Cause I mean, you know, just a bunch of characters, first of all. Oh yeah. Like Christ <laughs> Reagan's like the funniest fucking guy I mean, you know, you know, he when you come up to him and he, if he's if he's uh if he's having a few drinks for the cataract, you know, <laughs> if he's having a few sips of JMO or whatever it might be, you know, hold on, it's about to get it's about to get 
fun. Oh, dude, like the just the nights on the bus on that like revival tour we did where it was Oh god. Dude, it was Chuck, Dave Haas, uh Dan Andriano and Brian Fallon and it was like dude, that tour was just holy fuck, man. Like just the amount of I fun. Heard. It was amazing, dude. I mean, you know Matt Stanky, right? The guitar tech? Uh I know if I saw him, I yeah. recognize the name. Yeah, you'd know him if you saw him for sure, but he was on that tour and like, oh my God, dude, we had, like all of us just had such a fucking blast. Like that was when Dave- Casey Cress? Do you know Casey? Casey Cress. Was he doing sound? No, I I do know Casey, but that would have been a different tour. He was, we had a different, so basically like we did the tour and Chuck pretty much, because like Brian was like the headliner, like- yeah. It was like Gaslight's crew. So it was me and our sound guy and our tour manager and then uh, Perkins who played in the Horrible Crows and shit. So it was like one of those things. Like it was like, and we all knew each other, you know, it was just fucking dude. It was so much fun, man. Fuck. Oh, I heard, I, I heard some stories from some of those revival tours. And I mean, <laughs> absolutely what a good time and what a what a cast of characters yeah man you know i mean you got all those guys such amazing talent and just super fun yeah i mean great music just good times all the way around oh dude yeah and it was like that's the thing it's like i don't like you know you can look back on some tours and be like oh this tour sucked this guy was an asshole but there's 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 i definitely like now that i'm looking back like you know the fact that we don't have it anymore. I'm looking yeah. back and like, I don't remember the dickheads for the most part. Like, I just remember like the fun shit, like, and I don't know. It's like, it's cool to like be able to look back and just not have to dwell on any of the bad shit, you know? You know, man, I, I can't, I mean, I've done a lot of tours and I, 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 I mean, obviously you gotta be happy just to be able to do this for a living. So you know, I did construction. So mm-hmm. with that meter, every tour was great. And yeah. uh, some of them were especially better because you just happened to have a, a, a great crew of people with bands and crew people that were just awesome. And you just had a good time every single night, you know, like mm-hmm. it was like hanging with bros every night. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No. And like that, like meeting Badger. I mean, he was just, you know, it's just like family, man. You just, you just, just added another family. It's awesome. Hey guys, here at Stories, we support family-owned small businesses. With that said, we want to promote our friends over at Purgatory Roasters in Middletown, Connecticut, and they want to give you a discount on their amazing coffee. Use the code STORIES for 15% off your purchase at purgatoryroasters.com. They are open for in-person service as well at their facility in Middletown, Connecticut. It's in the Factory Square building. So if you're on the East Coast, check that out. Also, they're all about punk rock and skateboarding and and I'm all about both those things, and I love their coffee. It is amazing. Check it out. Get the discount. 15% off stories. PurgatoryRoasters.com. And I remember, like, on our stage, it was like, it was the Prodigy headlined, and it was you guys, and it was Gaslight. I think Frank Turner might have played, too. Like, fuck, I don't even know. But I know, like... 
I don't know if no use played. Did when did what year did Tony pass? Was that 2012? Yeah, 12. 2012. Oh, shit. See, I wish I would have known like but in 2010, I know like for a fact like Billy was there and I don't know if he was with you guys or no use. You know what's weird is we did a tour, we did a tour together one of the last ones we did with them which was like 2010 or 2011 Mm -hmm. um we did a european tour i know um so jesus could have been it could have i mean i i I, somewhere in there i mean i can't quite figure it out but yeah it was right right near the end there i think it i think it might have been actually 2010 because if billy was there like he would have been there with with no use because he had been with and you know mike the tour manager i'd known him forever too Mike Leonard? Yeah, Mike Leonard. Oh, man. Dude. I know Mike Leonard for oh, a long, boy. long, long time. I've known him. That's a, that is a solid motherfucker right there. Honestly, like, even looking back, because I met him in 2005, and he was tour managing Sugar Cult. Remember that band? He was tour oh, managing yeah. them on a tour that I was on. And I remember always, like, looking at him and being like, this is... this This guy is kind of a good guy to look up to and I, I like and again like you know even to this day like i still like look at things like i learned from that guy like back in the day to where like you know it's like some of that shit like sticks with you man it's fucking great yeah he's a. Uh, I mean uh, i mean i'm going way back i mm-hmm. mean jesus yeah mike leonard is one of my favorites one of my favorite humans for sure without yeah. a doubt yeah, he's fucking dude. He's great, man. And like, you know, he's he's been doing it for fucking for a long time, man. Yeah. I yeah. remember one of his earliest tours with no when he was out with No Use years ago cuz when we toured together way way back. Like mm-hmm. when I first got in the Lagwagon in 95 and we started touring for Haas and it was like 80 96 96 and 97, I think, or maybe some of 95. I mean, we went out on a tour with, with, uh, with screw 32 and no use for a name and like limp. And, uh, and it was, uh, Chris was still in the band playing guitar. He hadn't gotten into Foo Fighters yet. Uh, so yeah, that was like, that was, you know, that was a couple days ago. (laughs) Yeah. We don't like our, our timeline in touring is like very just, flat circle to where it's like oh man oh wait when did that happen oh shit it was that long ago fuck dude i the years are just getting more and more blurry and you know like you know it's just like shit sometimes i don't even think i want to acknowledge the timeline as it actually is because i'm like oh shit yeah it's like we're, it, we're aging it doesn't seem like it some things some things don't seem that long ago man it's weird Nah, man, I, dude, I totally agree with you. Like, there's so many things, like, even with, like, the no use thing, like, dude, it was, so, it it was uh, Warp Tour 2005, and I was touring with Hawthorne Heights, and our bus had broken down, because, you know, in 2005, buses broke down all the time, (laughs) unless you were fucking whoever the fuck, like, big name. Brutal tour. Yeah, Warp Tour. I mean, dude, I did Warp Tour from 2005 to 2009 and like 
once I had the opportunity to never do it again, I never did it again. I was like, all right, cool. I'm done. But, um, our bus broke down and we were in, I think we were in Cincinnati and Mike Leonard was on the tour and he had toured with us before on like the take action tour, like, uh, like earlier that year, he was the tour manager for the, for the whole tour. And like, he wasn't working for like a specific band. It was just like, he was just like hired to do that. And I remember, dude, he got like three of us on no use for names bus that night. And it was one of those things to where it was like, oh yeah, cool. Like you're, you guys are going to ride with us. Like you're, you're sorted out. And, and that was it. And for me, like in 2005, I was obviously a huge fucking no use for a name band <laughs> fan. And then to come onto the bus and have like, you know, Tony and like all those dudes be like so accommodating right away. Like, yo, you want a beer, man? Like, what do you need? And I'm like, uh, I, I just need to sleep, but sure, I'll have a beer. Like, that's cool. So, I don't know. That was, that's just, you know, that's just one of the beauties of touring, man. Like, I'm sure you, you know what that's like, obviously. <laughs> I mean, those, I mean, those guys are sweethearts, you know? Tony's one of the funnest people, funniest people I've ever met. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he just absolutely had some crazy wit. And, uh, I mean, Beyond being the amazing songwriter, of course. he is, he, he was mm-hmm. and is, and uh, but he's one of the funnest people to tour with because he would, you just knew whatever he would say was gonna be funny and sarcastic, <laughs> like, kind of like so. But I was I was already primed and smiling and ready because he just used to crack you up all day long. So uh, I mean, he definitely had good time, that, man. He definitely had like a little bit of like a East Coast fucking sense of humor too like to wear like rough around the edges like in a good way you know like and i yeah. like i and again i've i i've spent more time with no use for a name like albums than i did with members of the band but i mean at least with like with him like i could tell i was like all right i was like i'm glad i'm a fan of this band because this guy is cool as fuck and you oh, know, man, they're all they're all great I think I think you actually, as far as like having that, like a sim, like that East Coast mentality of breaking, like busting someone's balls. Mm-hmm. If you've toured long enough, you you basically just bust balls <laughs> just to find out who's fuck who you can crack. Yeah, like, that's the fun when you're in vans. You only have each other, so what you do is you try to see whose balls you can fucking bust the worst, you know? And and that's what kind of hardens you to, to being on the road, or you find out who's actually going to pull it and who's not. Because yeah. if you can't sit in a van and take some fucking punishment, you're probably not going to – this is probably not your gig. Yeah, but also, like, I mean, you know – In a fun way. Of course yeah, you're just of course. playing, right? Yeah, of course. But, like, I mean, as probably we're both ball busters, like, you also you – also, it's kind of your responsibility as a ball buster is to know who not to fuck with too on any certain day or how far. Yeah. What exactly. day you got to be able to read the room, baby. Yeah, dude. And that's <laughs> the thing. It's like with Tori, it's like reading the room is like kind of our job every day. It's like, you know, you got to like know everybody's limits and be like, Oh yeah. man, I don't know. Badger's in a bad mood today. I'm not gonna fucking. I'm not gonna say a word to him. Yeah, you know who's just fucking low hanging fruit. Like that's easy. <laughs> I can fucking if I'm feeling a little fucking sassy, I can fucking get them and get my you know get my morning off to a good start. 
You know, I know how to fucking, I know how to fucking get this one. Yeah. But you know, then you're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not gonna leave that kid alone. He's he's having a rough morning. Yes, but also you also know there's some people on tour that, I, and I love that we're having this conversation. But there's some people on tour that are just like you can fuck with them every day, and they're open oh, to yeah. it because they open. I can think of five people right now that I just like, I just, I made it a habit every day to like walk up to them and just like, I don't know, like just like slap their ass or like fucking like yeah, yeah. a little like, oh, let me, let me come over here, you fuck. And it's, it's, good. it's, it's a good gauge. You can find out, you can see where they're at just by the reaction. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like those people that I feel like I've had that crazy, like open, like where it's like, you know, that kind of relationship those are people I've been friends with for like 18 years at this point. Like as long as I've been touring, yeah. it's crazy, bro. Because I don't know. There's some people that get it. And some people that, you know, you, yeah, like you can't fuck with every day, you know? I mean, that's, you, you just find out a lot about how a person is by, by just how you can react, how they react to shit. Like if they, if they just fucking give it right back to you, but you know, then you know you love them. You know you know you know oh, you're yeah. my people. We're yes. gonna fucking this is gonna go on for two months. Yeah, we're doing this for a while. Like we're we're gonna yeah. keep going on with this. But then, but also like I feel like on the flip side, it's never one of those things to where I would I've ever read it wrong to where I've been like, oh shit, this person's like totally not into it. Like you kind of always have a good idea of who's your people you know oh oh yeah yeah i mean you know you know you, you can tell you can tell by how they give it back to you yeah you know and you can tell by who's reserved who's not who's mm -hmm. kind of you know yeah i'm not i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go for the cheap shot like i don't want to just fuck with people you know i mean i'm not I, li I like to see if they're into it yeah let's let's do this otherwise you know but i'm always giving respect to my to my people, you know, but we got to have some fucking fun if we're of in close course, quarters dude. too. Well, and I, I could be a bit of a handful. Well, I mean, I think we all can be a bit of a handful. I think that's kind of like something everybody in our world in the punk rock community, I think needs to embrace is we're all a handful in our own ways. And it's just about how our players deal fucking, with us. We're all a bunch of fucking nuts. That's what it is. I mean, yeah, the, the fat, the, the, the sooner we all realize that we have mental issues that, we have either confronted or have not confronted yet. That's, that's a better, that's a good thing. I think <laughs> my wife's always, uh, my wife will come home and just say, you know, kind of like tell me, you know, how her day went and you know, all uh, this, that, and, and then I'll, I'll kind of give her my two cents on some stuff, you know, because I'll be like, Oh, you know, you got to shut that down. You know, you, that person's this and that, that this, that, and, you know, you know, the other thing. And she's all, man, you should, you know, you should go into this. You know this stuff pretty well. I go, well, that's because I've been in band. I mean, there's just every level of, of psychopath and, you know, sociopath and just weirdo and drug addicts and whatnot, what have you. You kind of deal with it all. Dude. You know, yeah. you know how to deal and you know how to read people, even the, you know, the manipulators and the people that are just not right. You can see that shit all day long. Dude, I could write a book on all the different personalities I toured with and each level of like psychosis and, oh, you yeah. know, and just like the most normal and the most really fucked up and the ones that have like, you know, that at least in my perspective that I'm like, ooh, you're just like not a good person. Cause I mean, like, 
dude, at the end of the day, man, like, I've toured with, you know, we've both toured with a lot of people, but there's definitely, like, a handful of people where at the end of the day I can be like, I genuinely think there's something broken about you and you should probably stop touring and you should probably not do this for a living because spreading your negativity on tour when whatever is a terrible idea. And that's, that's, it's only a small group of people, but it's, it exists. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, there's definitely that out there. There's definitely some miserable fucking people that definitely for whatever their reasons. And, you know, we know who they are of course, and whatever, but of course, uh, you know, the rest of us just sort of, you know, make our way and do our thing. And there's, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but generally everyone's got screw loose, screw loose. If you're in this business, I mean, everyone's broken to some extent and like I'm sober now, but definitely went way off range with partying and drinking. And for years, that would be definitely how I stayed in, in mm. my whole world. But, um, definitely people that shouldn't be doing that shit to you because that takes them yeah. way off. Well, there's people that shouldn't be touring that tour that self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. And then there's just people that shouldn't be touring that just should not be touring regardless of what yeah, want, yeah. because it's like, yeah. you know, because it's like one of those things it's like you can take a person. It's, it's about understanding the personality it takes to do that because you know, for me, like I've toured with the people that, you know, like to just pull out their dick and just do, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like what, yeah. I, and I'm saying like when it's like a bunch of dudes around, I'm not saying like in a bad situation, but I'm saying, you know, you know, yeah. the kind of guy there's, there's the certain type that like, is like, Oh, pull out dick out. in a bunch. Yeah. There's <laughs> always one. And to me, it's like, that was never something where I'd be like, Oh God, like, I'm offended, but it was always one of those things I'd rather not see. And, you know, yeah. to where, you know, when I could do a tour where there's nobody pulling their dick out and running around the bus, I would prefer that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, like, we don't always get these choices. No, we don't. No. Well, I feel like in our later years, I feel like in, I feel like in my thirties, I got those choices for sure. As yeah, as 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 people are getting a little older and changing of their ways too, and different uh, you know, different uh, dynamics are changing. So yeah, you might have less and less of the guy that wants to pull his dick out in the older bands. You know, he may have done that before, but that's old hat. You know, yeah. it's, that's, that's it's, a young that's a young band's that's game. a young band's game. Do your thing, like whatever. You guys ain't pulling their yeah, dicks no, out no more. Goddamn it! No, we don't want to see that shit. <laughs> We want to watch the porta shitter, <laughs> man. That's what I do every day on a warp tour. Fucking look for the. I'd ask my bros walk out the door of the bus and be like, everybody knew they'd, they'd be like, go that way, go into production or go here. You yeah. know, I'm like, all right, clock's ticking. Well, that's the thing. We could talk about warp tour a little bit because I was doing warp tour and I'm a little younger than you, but still, I was doing that. I was trying to find the cleanest porta potty first thing in the morning. Yep. And it's like in like a thousand fucking degrees somewhere on the East Coast in August. <laughs> the fucking humidity is fucking insane. So you find one that's fucking old and filled to the brim and some and, and you're sweating it out. But man, you got to shit. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, you got to do. And that's like, you know, people might not realize that about Warp Tour is like, oh, uh, yeah, you just got to see your favorite band play for a half hour. But also, like, do you know what kind of morning they had? Like, they probably didn't get breakfast. They probably got skimped on catering. They probably had to shit in a full porta potty in the hot sun <laughs> and, you know, just yeah. sweating the whole time. But, but it, hey, man. It's not as glamorous behind the scenes as some might, might want to. No. Well, I think I mean well, we did '96, oh, we did '97, right. and then we did like uh, Europe in '98 or something, mm-hmm. and then and then I did three three back to back warp tours like 2000, 2001, and then 2002 with three different bands. Oh, right. And uh, I was out of my I was out of my mind. I mean, like, did you do the full thing? I did the first one with Good Riddance. Oh shit! And the Gimmies, and we had our own bar, so every day we bought booze and served it. So you can imagine how that went. We were last. We just raged, and then Blackwagon <laughs> in two thousand two. Uh, so I mean, I was basically ready to. I pretty much had to dry out in two thousand three because. Yeah. Not to mention all the other tours we did, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like that was like, yeah, you guys were just running and like fucking dude, and you were in like what, three different fucking bands, like, or playing with three different bands? Like, oh, that's dude. insane. I mean, dude. it was great. You know, it was like I knew that you got on a warp tour. That was almost like almost two months of solid t- touring of a half hour a day. And like, you know, you knew what to expect. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for you guys, it's like you guys probably had it. You guys definitely had it pretty good on the Warp Tours because, you know. Well, some some bands, like when we when I was playing with Good Riddance in 2000, uh, 2000 mm-hmm. we shared a bus with Snapcase. Oh, my and, God. What? And that was, that was fucking, I mean, Good Riddance, talking about guys who want to pull their dick out, fucking Chuck. <laughs> Chuck fucking pulls the fucking baby's arm out any chance he goddamn gets. And and he's naked. And then he's trying to fuck with people. He's always messing and razzing with fucking dude, like the um, different people, the Snapcase guys. And uh, oh my God. Wait, um, and weren't they all, they were not, were they all straight edge or no? Because I remember Good Riddance was, uh, I thought. I, I, well, I think Lagway, I mean, uh, Snapcase. Maybe uh, they are right. Were they all? I don't know. I've never, I've never been straight edge, so I can't, I can't. Well, I mean, I don't know if those guys all were, but I know that. Uh, uh, I mean, Russ is Russ straight was. edge. Yeah, right. Chuck drinks, Luke drinks, and I fucking was absolutely <laughs> out of my mind on everything that I could get my hands <laughs> on. I barely made it back to the bus, and if I did, I had to walk the line because all those guys would be on either bench seat in this old bus. And they'd all watch me at bus call. If I came back, I'd go all the way and I'd climb up in my bunk and go to sleep. And they'd just watch. Uh, <laughs> right to your bunk just to avoid any judgment. Of just oh, like, We're going. Either that or I was riding around in like the number one bus, just partying with like on Lyman's bus oh, or right. NoFX's bus or yeah. whoever's bus. Oh, man. Whatever excuse not to come back to that bus because I knew that there wasn't a lot of partying. So that bus call. I'd usually be raging somewhere. Well, also because like you, fuck man, you probably didn't have to wake up as early as most people did on that tour. Like, you know, like if no, but you know, good riddance kind of got some bad time slots. 
So there was like, uh, there was a time where I was, I happened to be in the bus, in our bus, and we were in San Francisco playing, and we were about to, and Good Riddance is from Santa Cruz, not far from here, and yeah. not far from San Francisco. So it's kind of their hometown. Yeah. And Kevin put him on at doors. So, so Chuck is opening the curtain of my fucking, my bunk. He's, he used to call me Debo. He's all Debo. <laughs> all Debo. We play in a half hour and I, I'm out, man. I am so hungover. I'm so out of it. And then I had to figure out, okay, what stage are we on? I wouldn't even, I just wander oh, and I would fuck. just hope to God I picked the right stage and there's the <laughs> drums. And, and I was lucky enough that, um, this drum tech Rhino, he's a bro. Oh, he would, he's a fucking man, dude. Rhino. He would is pull my shit. drums out. He had them already ready for me because he knew I was such a hot fucking mess every day. He was such a bro, and I was, and so I would get up there and I just fucking was like, all right, here it goes. I mean, that was <laughs> a brutal show because it was at doors, and they went on practically at doors. Dude, you know what's funny is, I mean, it's not funny. It's kind of annoying, but I feel like Lyman did that a lot. And again, I don't, I don't really know Lyman personally at all. So whatever, like he could be. Yeah, I felt it was kind of a mean thing to do to a band that's that was. I mean, should have had some respect because I mean, Good Riddance been around a long time. That's their hometown. Their family wasn't even there yet. Yeah, man, that was fucked up. But I mean, like I said, man, I've done Warp Tour a few times and I feel like, I mean, maybe it's not Lyman, maybe it's somebody else who's doing the schedule, but I feel like that happened a lot to where it's like, oh, uh, we're in Philly today. All right, cool. Um, Circus Survive is going to play at 1230. Sorry. And it's like, what? Like, who paid you to fucking have? Obviously, that's what it comes down to, I think, at the end of the day, but that's my own opinion. But yeah, it. There's some, let's say, there is definitely some politics, and there is a hierarchy. Yeah. And that, as much as they wanted to claim that there was, you know, spinning the wheel and it was all fucking random and all that, it was not fucking random. No. I'll dude. tell you that much. There's no. a lot of bands that were not playing before five fucking o'clock. No, bro. And let me tell you, and that's fine and dandy at the end of the day. That's cool. But also, it was like, if you were. At least when uh, the couple years I did it, but it was only, I can definitely remember, it was really only 2005 and 2006. A after that, it was kind of more like full-on acceptance, but still it had its kinks. But yeah. in 05 and 06, I felt like if you were on tour with like a screaming band or whatever, you really had to kind of work to, to have, you know, the other people on the tour accept you. And I mean, there may have been like a, you know, I mean, people weren't just given great slots. So there was probably a bit of a, a earn type thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the merch game, though. I'm talking about just like being in the merch world, like not. No, I don't mean like the other stuff. Like, I mean, just merch world, like to where. Oh, merch. God. Yeah. To That's where, brutal. Yeah. You guys, you guys are fucked. <laughs> that fucking merch situation was didn't matter who was, I mean, it was that weather. You could just guarantee there was going to be a fucking swampy ass Florida. And you will. Yeah. But I mean, it was also another thing to where if you had Wilkie who had your back, you know, Wilkie, yeah. if you had Wilkie, your day was going to be a little bit easier. And I got lucky enough to be friends with him, like right off the bat. So, 
it was like my warped experience. I got a, I got lucky with that, you know. But I mean, but just just the day, but just just the job though in general of a merch person on the warp tour for two months. Just the conditions were just tough, you know. The heat, the weather, the just in general. I mean, I just always felt bad for anyone that was doing merch, our merch guys, and and people I knew that were out there. It's like it's just fucking brutal hauling all your shit out there, setting it all up, dealing with whatever was the day's events and you know the weather and. It was a rough fucking gig, and it was all damn day. From early, you guys were first to last, literally. Like, full fucking, you know, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Hey, everybody, Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. Yeah, but like that was the thing is like if we had we had each other, you know. So it was never yeah. like looking back on it. I'm, I, I've I mean, yeah, there was like shitty days on it, but it felt like we were all in the shit. Like one Dude, by it was one. the 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 warp. I mean, uh, but the warp family, and I know a lot of them from from the earliest days. To, I mean, you know, all the the production folks and a lot of the people that you know mm. did the stages and. All the way through all the years. My wife was the doctor on tour. So, oh, I mean, wow. My wife, I met her. Well, I met her on the 2001 tour. And, uh, and we, you know, we've been together for ever since. Married Holy for shit. What the hell, 16 years? <laughs> 16, yeah. She's not here, but uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, the funny thing is, is like, she's, you know, I'd follow her around. She'd fix people up. She was doing a, a lot of the, all the skaters. She'd have to be there. And, oh, shit. and then obviously the, the, all the motocrossers. Yeah. Uh, she had to be there just in case one of them, when they did, they'd get hurt or whatever, yeah, you know, just deal with that. Dude, that's fucking dope, man. And, and you met, and wait, has, she, did she do only do warp tour that year or was she on other ones? No, she'd been, she had been there since day one. I mean, Laura, Laura had been there since, uh, nurse Laura. So she'd been there since like 95. She, holy she, shit. He used to take a couple months off. She'd stockpile a bunch of, uh, uh, like, uh, meds that, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, samples and stuff, mm-hmm. put together a box of samples for different diff- things. And yeah. And then she'd go out on the tour and that was her yearly thing, you know? And dude, that's awesome. Uh, so she'd work so, full time yeah. during the year and then do that during the summer. Yeah. Wow, dude. Holy she shit. She was, I mean, she was, she was kind of used to, uh, that cause I mean her, you know, so she, her, her ex-husband was a skater. So, ah, okay. She had done a lot of these kind of events and a lot of like, you know, all that triple crown, all the, all the, all the different stuff, skate camps and, you know, so she was uh, used to extreme sports and all that kind of stuff. Damn, man. I don't know how anybody gets used to extreme sports because even to me, I look at that still and I'm like, it gives me like, it makes my nerves go crazy watching that because I'm like, oh my God, this person is flying up high in the air and just landing on his bike somehow. How the fuck is that happening? (laughs) Like, it freaks me out, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of fucking psychopaths, those guys are a good time. 
Dude, oh yeah, I bet. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like you doing Warp Tour, you get to hang out with those guys, and holy shit, like some of those guys are fucking just and I won't this and these are not my stories to tell, but holy shit, some of those guys, the shit they do and the shit they just wake up in the morning for when they're up, like I'm like, how did you do all this shit hours ago and you're awake and it's crazy, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I spent I spent a lot of time partying with those guys on the 2000 tour when I was doing Good Riddance. Uh, I was hanging out with a bunch of those guys, Twitch and Scummy and Bo Manley, and uh, oh wow, okay, ra- raging in their bus. Matter of fact, one night we were in their bus. I was cruising with them from one place to the next, and we were partying. And their bus driver is pretty much over the raging parties that went on in their bus. <laughs> but so he did something that's very unprofessional. He like tapped the brakes and oh. there was like a little pony wall that divides the the end of the bench seat to the, to the stairwell for yeah, the bus. Of course. Yeah. I fucking did a flip and landed on my feet wasted <laughs> the bus, so the thing jerked and I fucking flipped into the fucking wheel. Well, it happened so fast. I didn't even know what happened. And I was like, holy shit. And all the, everyone was like, whoa. I'm like, well, if any time there was a bus to do that on, it would have been the one with these guys. So Yeah, of course. Dude, but, that's amazing. I, and that was before anybody could have filmed that, too. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. No one was filming shit. Thank fuck. God, too. <laughs> well, I mean, you would have looked badass as fuck, though. Yeah, but there was a lot of shit that people were filming shit. That wouldn't have, that probably wouldn't have been good for anybody. Yeah, I feel like that the was debauchery a, and whatnot. Yeah, like there was a de- that's definitely a consensus for how it was back then. To where it's like we're glad <laughs> we're glad uh, iPhones didn't exist back then because yeah, there'd be a lot of fucking idiots doing like, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh god, a lot of blackmail. Yeah, like Badger has <laughs> Badger has about a lot of blackmail for most of. Not, not, not anything like it, it's mostly just like our friends. It's nobody like on any yeah. sort of like big level. It's just like he could blackmail a few of like his close friends with like stupid VHS we took yeah. in 2000. Silly shit. Yeah, exactly. All silly shit of just like most of us just being overweight and dressed like complete asshats <laughs> because we thought that fucking refused and fucking Thursday we're going to save the world. <laughs> 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 which is no uh, disrespect to those bands because they're still fucking awesome but you know obviously totally. a little different back then Man. so dude what would you say your favorite festival is i know you have a lot but that might be a loaded question but if you had to pick one gun to your head my favorite well i mean my favorite festival i mean there's so many rad festivals in europe and mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if I had to honestly pick, I mean, Warp Tour would have probably been mine. I have so many memories and I spent just so much going on. I mean, I met my wife on it. So I mean, I'd have to pick the Warp because it's just, it's just got a lot, a lot of things happen and a lot of memories that I really can actually still remember. Yeah. And would you say like Warp Tour was like, not quintessential, but. Would you say it was like a big part of, you know, Lagwagon and me first, like getting to the level they've gotten to or they were, I mean, I don't know, from my perspective, 
they would have gotten to it on their own. But I'd like to hear what you think. Well, I mean, I, I think it at, at the time, like 96 and 97, and then I don't know. I don't remember when the Gimmies did their first one where we did partials. Like mm-hmm. we did a 96 uh, West Coast, 97 East Coast with Lagwag. And then I think the Gimmies did some kind of little bits here and there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was like the fucking – that was like the – of our scene – least lag wagons particular the fat thing the, yeah. the end of the 90s was kind of the pinnacle of 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 that thing like it's when i think lag wagon haas came out then yeah double them i think it's it was sort of the pinnacle of that particular genre mm-hmm. so warp tour happening at that time just sort of coming up i mean yeah those were those were the days you know that was the warp tour was getting bigger and bigger and our bands were doing really well and so uh, yeah, I mean, it had to definitely, especially in the U.S., because that was a great tour. I mean, the U.S. didn't have a lot of festivals. Mm-mm. We played tours. We toured the countries, but we didn't get to go do festivals in no. this country. As there was much none. As, there so was that no was festivals. probably a huge part of and and getting the tour with all the different bands. So that that was really quite a quite quite a thing, I think. Yeah, man. And it was like, definitely like, you know, it was, and even, even when Warp Tour kind of ended, it was still like its own thing. Like it was like, there were so many, like, you know, one year you could have Bad Religion doing the whole fucking thing and, yeah. and, you know, Bring Me the Horizon was the other like co-headliner, like yeah. where they're both completely fucking different, but you know, I mean, they definitely bring out their own crowd. That's for sure. Because, you know. Bad Religion fans, for a fact, are going to see a Bad Religion show when it's in town. And same with, you know, a, a band like Bring Me the Horizon and stuff. So I yeah. think Warped was always good at marrying that. And, you know, I might not have seen it back in the day when I was younger. But now that I'm like a little older, I'm like, oh, wow, that was that was cool how they just kind of just, you know, united everything, you know. I mean... We got to play. I mean, it, it was fun because, like '96, we were out. It was uh, it was Fishbone. Um, I think No Effects and like Pennywise and Rocket from the Crypt. Um, we played with I think Hot Water. Did some shows. Um, it's Deftones. Fucking their first album came out. I mean, it was it was crazy because it was like a. An interesting collection back then, but mm-hmm. at the time it was like Jesus. Fishbone was one of my favorite bands yep. growing up, and and I got to meet and hang, and uh, it, it was it was it was pretty goddamn great. I mean, you know, getting to hang and see all these bands, just like you know, I think it was one of my first real festival tours too of any any real sort because mm-hmm. I was just getting in the lag wagon, so we were just about to go start doing festivals and. So yeah, it was it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, putting all these different bands together. And like, dude, yeah, man. I mean, like to to the credit of that tour, like they definitely pulled it off. I mean, like you know, there was there was sometimes where there was a little lacking on the the bands that I thought were good. But again, that's my opinion. So it's like whatever. But you know, I definitely Warp Tour definitely like made me fans of a lot of fucking bands where. I'm still listening to him to this day. And I'm like, all right, that yeah. was definitely because of Warp Tour, like 100%, you know? Yeah, it's like a sampler. 
It is. It's like, yeah. And especially like working on it, it's like you just have like this real life sampler to where like you have to hear these fucking bands every day, whether you want to or not, you know? <laughs> and yeah. it's like some of them, I won't mention their names, but it was like, fuck this. But then other ones like, dude, like that, it was 2005. I think it was uh, MXPX and fucking No Use. And like, it was like, those are the bands where I hadn't really been exposed to them or I hadn't really listened to them as much as I like, you know, as my friends had listened to them, but I've always heard about them. But I was seeing those bands every day and I was like, fuck, like, I believe the hype. Like, holy shit, they are as good as everybody says they are. Like, damn, like, you know, so it, that's that was another cool thing about Warped is to where I could be like, all right, these bands suck but these bands are actually really fucking good. <laughs> you got to see people too, because the conditions were, it, it was, it was, you could, you could see people for kind of what they, what, who they were mm -hmm. because they, it was sort of stripped down situation. So you couldn't pull any shit. You just had to get on and get off. And so you kind of saw, you either saw the good or bad side of whoever, you know? Yeah. And, man. And, and, and it was kind of cool to actually see people, just doing their thing and like with no ego or no nothing, just getting up there, plugging in fucking for 30 minutes, hammering it and splitting and then hang out and party with them or, you know, or, you know, it's fucking great. Hey everybody, Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S. Net. I feel like the barbecues on Warped Tour were a little, like, they were fun, but it was, like, for me, that was, like, a little too many people to where yeah. I was like, all right, this is a little too much. I'm going to go and find the people that are playing CeeLo. You realize we started the barbecue, right? Lagwagon in 96? No we, fucking way. Well, we were in our shuttle bus. And they wouldn't even, like, they tried not allowing us into where the bus is parked. And the catering was fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it was a guy fucking stirring one of those big igloo, igloo things of Gatorade with his fucking arm and a hose of water. We're like, fuck that. Oh, my like, God. We would just go get food, and we have a barbecue, and we would barbecue in the parking lot. Because at the time, like, we are like, fuck, no one's fucking hanging out. Like, let's just do what we do. And we fucking started barbecuing and the barbecue became a thing. We, 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 we got people to hang out. Cause you know, like people love to hang at barbecues. Let's of just course. do that. Holy shit. So you guys started that shit. Yeah. Our, our tour manager, Carlos Brazilian guy. Oh, in my Carlos. Roommate, yeah. He's the fucking, yes. Fuck my yeah. roommate. And, uh, and that's what we did at home. So we're like, yeah, let's just fucking barbecue. You know, we bought fireworks. We love, we got a lot of trouble. <laughs> but, you know, we kicked MTV out of our barbecue because they tried to, in, in 96, our last day at Red Rocks, we were barbecuing and MTV was poking around. And I think it was like that Kennedy chick. And, and they were trying to come in and we were like, speaking of dropping your drawers, me and Byron from Pennywise, we didn't want them to come in. It's like, you know what? We're not you. We're not your fucking type. So why the fuck we want to let you in on our barbecue? Like, why do you care yeah. about us? You don't fucking care about us. So we we're like, we just made it so they could they wouldn't <laughs> come in. And uh, yeah, it was uh, we did that in '97 too. I think on the East Coast. 
Holy we tried shit. to do something like that. And then, uh, yeah. And then it kind of took off from there. Well, I mean, like, yeah, like, because, like, I mean, I did it, like, in 2005 for the first time, and that was only, like, you know, less than 10 years later, and that was, like, a thing to where, like, I forgot how they did it, but it was essentially, like, they would have a band that, like, they would only be able to play at night if they did the barbecue kind of thing like that yeah was, they did yeah. something where a band had to pull the barbecue and do the barbecue and... yeah like a band had to do all the work and just do that but i mean at the end of the day it's like if that's all you have to do that's not that bad <laughs> i mean barbecues are fun you know and, and fletcher was a huge he loved to having the barbecue so he would contribute money to it and, yeah uh you know he would he loved being a part of it and no effects i mean so yeah it was it was a good time yeah, man. I mean, I, I, dude. Yeah, I wish I would have been around for the barbecues back in 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 the nineties, like in the late nineties, because the ones we had were, oh man, there was there was an incident once, and I won't mention any names, but it was, and I won't mention years because this might give away a little yeah. bit. But it was a, it was a year I was on there, obviously. And it was a regular security guard, like a security guard that had been on there for years. And I had always had like a good experience with this guy. I mean, we could text side, talk about who exactly it is, but it was, you know, great guy. Like me and him had had a rapport, like cool, cool, cool. And it was one of those things where me and the guy in the band I was on tour with, very handsome guy, like kind of like an alpha male kind of guy, like to where like, not to where he's doing it on purpose, but to where it's just one of, he's one of those guys, like he's super tall. He's just like very like handsome, but like also like very nice and very like very well-spoken. He's, he's, you know, he's a man's man, you know, in, 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 in a, the best way possible. And it was, we were walking, me and him were walking to the barbecue one night and this security guard, like we could smell the booze on him. He was a little bit of drunk already and he shouldn't have been being a security guard at that point. And he like essentially like tried to pick a fight with the dude from the band. And obviously the dude from the band, he was very chill about it and was just like, uh, yeah, yo, listen, man, like get the, like if you're going to make me go back to my bus to get a laminate, like go fuck yourself. And then the, the drunk security guard obviously like spoke up a little bit and was getting shitty, but again, cooler heads prevailed. And it ended with like, you know, the guy I was with being like, yo, you fat fuck, like, fuck you. Like he totally like lost it. He just like let, he let, he let it get taken over. And he was like, fuck you, you fat piece of shit. Like you drunk fuck. Like, I can't wait to like report you, like not report him to anybody, but basically to be like, I'm going to tell some people how you acted tonight. Yeah. But it was one of those things the next day, it was like completely nipped in the bud. And you know, it was, but it was, it was one of those situations where it was so stupid. And like, at the time it was, it was just like, why is this fucking happening? Like Jesus Christ. But it was also, you know, it's, that's when testosterone gets out of control on warp tour. That's, I feel like a best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. Alcohol and testosterone warp tour. 
Easy, easy combo for something like that to, to, to take over, I think. Yeah, but that's one of those situations where, like, I, I, I'm glad that that person I was with was straight edge and didn't party because yeah. he could have taken it a completely different way. But the fact that he was, like, sober, he was like, you fucking clown. Get the fuck out of here. Like, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like that's happened a few times where I've seen it, like, on that, like, just – you know, that's, that's another, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the downfalls of like a tour like that is like, just like, you know, the testosterone and just like that whole thing, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, any tour, it's a long tour. So there's a lot more hours of the day that are just spent, you know, doing not, not a lot of anything, you know, a lot of people are just, there's a half hour set for a band and then basically you're, hanging out or doing whatever. Yeah. You're just chilling the rest of the night. So, but I feel yeah. like it happens less in like international touring. Like, you know, like when we're doing like, you know, the European run of festivals and shit, like, I feel like that is like, you know, there's no sort of like weird boredom on those. At least for me, there hasn't, there's never been, you know? No, I mean, there's usually something I'm usually, well, Usually jet lag, so sleeping and then waking up and and uh, and you usually have a longer set, so you have it's almost like it's it's more normal than the warp tour. I don't know, it it's just it, there's a load in, there's a whole thing. Even when it's a festival, you usually have about an hour set or yeah, like and, yeah. In Europe, you always get like an hour, like for sure. It's always like all right, cool. Like you at least have fifty minutes to an hour, and that's like yeah. how it is. You know, it's fucking. But you know that's 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 a big difference between doing that over there and like playing here and shit. We'll see what the new the new the new line of shows are gonna be like once yeah. once we go back. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, I don't know. I've been thinking about it, and like, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, you know, everything's been postponed, so you know, there's things that are set up for next year. We'll see how that actually rolls out. Not going to happen. I say 2022. I say anybody that thinks 2021, you might have to rethink that. That's my, that's yeah, my, I don't, that's I mean, opinion. I I don't think if it, I don't, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. Let's just mm. put it that way. It's one of those I'll things. Be cutting, I'll be cutting hair. Yeah, man. Exactly. Like it's one of those things where like, I'm going to be doing what I'm doing. And if it comes back, I'm not dropping my life to go back to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I did that for years and yeah. you know it's a little bit different for like the musicians obviously like you guys have more of like a stake in your art and what you're doing but for me it's like i you know what it, i'm not uh, the music industry is so fickle and i have such a big problem with so many of the people at the top and they don't and i think they don't give a fuck and they really don't care about like anything <laughs> except for their own dollar in my opinion that's not all of them that's 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 not all of them that's just a few of them but to me yeah. it's like i got what i needed out of the music industry i got to travel the world i got to meet a bunch of amazing people that you know i still get to keep in touch with so i'm not i'm not jumping back into that when it comes back you know hey if you don't need to you know, I mean, it, it, it's definitely in like, yeah, who knows how it's going to actually 
happen and, mm-hmm. and, and what the changes are going to be because I've heard some kind of disturbing stuff about how, you know, certain companies that basically own all the clubs are going to be changing some of their pricing and their, 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 their ways about things that aren't going to be good for bands uh, to make heard. up all the loss. Oh yeah. And, and that's the thing. So it's like, I've heard that's going to yeah. make it even worse. That's going to make it. I mean, yeah, we won't talk about it here, but we both probably have privileged information to where this ain't looking good for the fucking musicians. And you know what? No. And if it ain't looking good for the musicians, it ain't looking good for the crews. So no. all these road dogs, myself included, man, it's like, you know, I basically want to like find another job. I mean, I mean, I've already have, thank God. But I wanted to find something to where like, you know, like the homies that I've toured with that like, you know, I, that I've still tour with that I've toured with for years don't have to worry about me. Cause I know that was like a thing at the beginning. Like they were doing, you know, and they were doing so much. They were doing the fucking, you know, the, the benefit shirts and like, you know, Fallon was doing like the lyric sheets and like, it all went to the, it all went to us directly. Yeah. And that's cool. But like, at what point do you kind of be like, all right, guys, I got to do this now. It's up to me. Like, thank you. Like, but you can only take so much money and like, you can only like, I don't know. You can only do that for so long without feeling a little bit like, all right, I'm a pity case. Like, let me just fucking get my shit together and not get money from the government and not have to rely on like the kindness of my friends. And you know what I mean? That's, that's how I felt about, uh, I mean, I've been kind of kid. It's just sort of the reality of the situation and not that cutting hair is making me money, mm-hmm. but I kind of thought that, well, at some point it will. So I got to take advantage of it now and sort of, I'm kind of playing the long game on that. Yeah. Cause I figured, well, if I do go back to work, I could take all this shit with me and I could fucking do, I can do cuts on the road or I can come back and I could cut locally or mobily, or just uh, just another thing to do, and I'd always wanted to. Yeah. So, because I was like, yeah, I can't sit around. Like, I'm not making money, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not making any progress. And so I felt that I just wanted to kind of least, at the very least, I'm going to set myself up for something down the road because I see things as being a little, lot different going forward. So mm-hmm. uh, I agree. And it's about a 14 month program. Although there's little starts and stops, so those are kind of extending it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I can get through it and get know what I learn, what I need to know and and take the boards and get a license, then then I can fucking do whatever I want. You know, dude. Yeah, man. You got to talk to fucking Alex Levine from Gaslight. He's like he's cru- I mean, I don't know if you know, he's crushing it right now with the barber game. And really? The- yeah, man. He runs that uh, Idle Hand Collective thing. I don't know. Check it out. We'll 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 talk on the side, but he's yeah, yeah. he's killing it, man. You you gotta you gotta get in there with him, man. He's great. Well, I know, I know a few guys. Johnny Rio that played with the Street Dogs. He's a barber in Texas, dude. Yes, that's and right. My friend Limo, who used to work with No Effects, right? Limo, the giant guy, right? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, yeah. he's cutting hair. Uh, I know a few more people. At, when I posted about it. A lot of people came out of the woodwork, like uh, little Chris from Bayside. Oh yeah, 
He's a fucking he, and uh, I mean, I didn't know. Then there's all these fucking people that I know, but I didn't know they were barbers or did this. So, so it, it's been kind of a cool little collective of people, um, a lot of support. And yeah. it, it's rad. I mean, I think it's a fucking amazing occupation that has a whole hell of a lot of history. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Dude, I agree, man. And like, and like, that's the thing. It's like little Chris, like I forgot that he was even doing that because he's been doing the, the coffee roasting thing for so long. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm like, shit, he was a barber. Like, holy fuck. Like, I totally I didn't even that. know he was a, I didn't even know he was a barber. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he probably forgot he was a barber too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where like you you kind of get these skills in this crazy fucking world we live in to where you you forget about it sometimes, you know? all about adapting i guess you know i mean we're the kings of adapting if we can live on a bus for if we can do what we do we're pretty fucking good at adapting i mean just you know you know what we do yeah, it's I mean, fucking crazy <laughs> it's all about just doing what you got to do i mean i'm i'm back in a, in a a different situation than i've been in in 30 years with a lot of younger folks that are you know i mean it's weird to, to fucking walk into that after the 30 years of playing music and I'm in like a classroom or a barber setting, but it's, it's just a world that I've never, I haven't been a part of, uh-huh. and, uh, but you know, whatever it's, it's fucking rad. You know, I'm, I'm about it. I'm, I'm all about it. And, uh, and I'm looking to learn. So, you know, it, everyone's been super supportive and cool in this class mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, all the students and the te- and the instructors, everyone's fucking really cool. So. That's you know, great, man. That's that's get this shit done, dude. Yeah, man. That's good to hear. It's like you know, you you kind of forget how like the local community is like, how good the local community can be. Like when you've been on the road for so long, you kind of come back and you're like, I mean, at least that's what I'm going through now. I'm like, kind of like, oh man, I love seeing these people every day. It's fucking dope. Like this rules. Yeah, I, I forgot what it was to be. Like I did construction and I went into an apprenticeship when I got out of high school and I did all that kind of thing. Now was a long fucking time ago. And then I've been lucky enough to play music and, and make a living all these years. But now it's like, it's such a trip to be in a class, in a, in a, just not even anything that's attached to music. Like I'm like fucking, I'm like the bottom of the fucking totem pole. Yeah. Brand new guy, greenhorn, like, you know, just trying to fucking learn what's up and uh, make, you know, but, it's cool to be that guy. It's cool to be totally out of my element and fucking in another one. Just it's, it's kind of good for your, it's good to learn shit. And, uh, and, and if it, it becomes a thing that, that'll be good. Cause I can be an old man barber. Yeah, you know, dude. I mean, I look forward to being an old guy in a shop. Yeah, man. telling stories, dude. And that's the thing. It's like, and we have, and you have so many stories to tell. I'm sure like God, like, I mean, I just got to learn to cut hair. No, you, you got this already. You got this. I mean, I wish I had a head of hair you could practice on, but there's no, there's nothing up there. It's all gone. I got a, I got a beard if I grow it in maybe, but I'll tighten it up. Yeah. Tighten the beard up when I, when I grow it back in but yeah, yeah. the top of the head. I don't know. I got nothing for you up there. <laughs> but hey, man, I we I'm gonna let you go here because we're we're almost at an hour fifteen. But I think me and you could definitely do another one of these one of these days for sure. Uh, part and two. Yeah, we got to do. I'm I'm been having part twos with almost everybody, so this could be yeah. fucking great. But yeah, like, Thanks, man. dude, thank you, man. Like 
fucking Badger's the one that got this to happen. But I have a couple cool stories I could tell in the next one that I'm just like thinking about right now that are just like funny as fuck. So we'll save them for the next one. <laughs> save them for two. Yeah, and we'll get back to two. We'll start it back up again. Exactly. It'll be great. Well, yo, dude, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, man. I dude, hope you have a great Thank you. Uh, happy New Year and, uh, you know, stay healthy. Dude. Good, good, good. Good things, good things to good the family. Good vibes, yes. Good vibes to everybody. Let's just put that out in the world. Good vibes to you. Good vibes to me. Good, some good vibes to Badger, maybe if you, I don't know, whatever. But um, <laughs> good vibes to everybody. Dude, hell yeah, man. Well, yo, thank you so much, man. I appreciate this. This is a fucking honor, man. No, dude. All mine. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, hell yeah, man. We'll talk soon. Take care, buddy. Peace. Stories, an all-access podcast, is hosted by me, Danny Del Donuts. It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S.net.